Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality. I'm Sydney DeLorean, and I'm here with Zach Bird for a very special Pup Dates episode. How's it going, Zach? That's uh, a pup. I love it. Um, this is my first Pup Dates that I'm not doing with Rob Love. Um, and Rob Love kind of pushed me on Twitter and was like, hey, you know you can do these without me. Like, give me more content. <laughs> and I was like, don't tell me what to do, Rob Love. Um. Yeah, I hope I can fill in adequately. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, first business up top before we get into our pup dates, I wanted to tell people that I did start a Patreon, patreon.com slash sex, drugs, and spirituality. And there are some cool tiers. Like the first tier is two bucks. And for $2, which actually goes a long way in paying my web hosting fees, uh, for $2 a month, I will write you a postcard and I will write you a custom message. It can be kind, it can be filthy, whatever you want, and I'll mail that to you. Um, I think the next tier is like 4 bucks, and you get um, some merch with that. And then the final tier, I think, is like 6 or $8. I obviously don't remember. Um, but you get buttons, you get stickers, uh, you also get an hour of extra content each month. That's just me talking into a microphone. And, um, that's kind of exciting because, you know, if you leave me alone in a room for an hour and I have to talk, I'm going to say regrettable things and they're going to be funny and enjoyable. Um, so everyone subscribe to that, please. My goal was to within a year be breaking even on the production cost for this podcast, and I have not yet succeeded, and I'm about to hit two years. Oh, the uh, the top tier of that is you will be godmother to their child. Like, how high does it go? Oh, I'll do whatever for money <laughs> for sure. I don't really want to. I think say that's that. the that's the message you want to really get out there yeah yeah i mean it really is like mm -hmm. for a 69 dollar gift card to journey's shoes at the mall i'll send you a polar to my asshole i don't give a fuck so like i i don't i didn't want to say that with you in the room but um as long as it's not on my podcast yeah i would never talk like that on your podcast that your friends listen to but like i'm just being honest is I would like to become commercially viable as a content creator. And so whatever means to that end, I'm willing to take. Yeah. Um, so everyone check out the um, Patreon for that. Also, I started a Depop shop where I sell the jewelry and clothes that I make. But also you can buy um, the podcast merch there. So the buttons are $2 each, free shipping. And for $6, you get two stickers and one button, free shipping for six bucks. And again, like $6 goes a long way in supporting my show. Um, cause my expenses are $36 a month. So, uh, you know, $6. Yeah. That's yeah. That ain't nothing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of my podcast. Oh, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> that was the second follow up. Or uh, no, I didn't want to interrupt. Did you have some? No, more? no, no, okay. no. That's it. OK. Zach has a podcast now. Yeah, It's finally out. Uh, I'm horrible at promoting it, even on social media. I don't get Instagram really at all. I mean, I I get it in the. I don't. I don't know how to like properly promote it on I mean, Instagram. I <laughs> I'm holding back from asking you just to let me do the posts. But I, I think I think I will will probably just let you, but then I'll have some ideas as far as like hashtags, this and that. But um, 
But Zach has a podcast. Yeah. It's called Bored and Sober. It's available on iTunes. It's on Spotify, which is super cool. Whoop, whoop. Um, you can get it on any of the third-party podcast apps. And um, I'm on the first couple episodes because, um, well, you're on the first five. You're on every episode thus far. Well, I'm, baby, I'm trying to downplay it to make it sound like you have a professional thing going on. I don't. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give you a big lecture on how to fake fake success because you're supposed to fake it till you make it. But I'm on the first couple episodes because we do share a recording studio and recording equipment, so um, it makes it convenient. But yeah, it's uh, so far uh, feedback has been good. People are enjoying it, and um, yeah, I don't know. Check out Bored and Sober. Subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. If you go to iTunes, please go to iTunes, rate, and review it. But also, just go to see what the first review says because I left it and it's great. I haven't even seen it. Yeah, because you don't care. Just a read to me what you said. No, I left you an Easter egg. Okay. I'll, I'll fine I'll read it to you okay okay this is this is the thing about Zach is Zach is like so low-key he doesn't give a shit about anything and he um you know for me if someone's like I left you an iTunes review the first thing I do is go and check it and Zach's like oh whatever I forgot about it all right the title of this iTunes review so far so great <laughs> Don't let the title fool you. This podcast is far from boring. Aww. Plus, Zach Burt. Or sober. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, God babe. fucking damn it. Go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> Don't let the title fool you. This podcast is far from boring. Plus, Zach Bird looks great naked. Winky face emoticon. Aww. So there you have it, the first ever review. And so right now you have five out of five stars on iTunes. Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited about it. And yeah, while you are on all of the first ones, it's just because I wanted you to get me kind of ready and then you'll take off the training wheels. I'll get yeah, I have some other guests I want to have on there for sure. Zach I, I haven't gotten like, tired of you yet. Yeah. As a and Zach knows like actually famous and successful people. So that'll be exciting because, um, yeah, you can, you know, there's some big gets coming up yeah. uh, in the pipeline. For I like to show. call them Glendale gets. God, I seriously, I got to talk to you about hyping. Well, or so, lying. I mean, so modest. <laughs> well, I shouldn't be because they're my friends and I would never say like, you know, you're not. Fan I don't. They're my f I've known them forever, so I don't think of them as as famous. Yeah, I get yeah. it. But it's yeah, it's a big deal. It's like how I'm friends with Matt Farley. Like it's a huge deal. Right, right, right. So, yeah, no, I think uh, I think you tickled their ass with a feather a little bit. Yeah, I will have some some good guests on. Uh, now I have the best guests, though. That's true. That's yeah. true. 2000 weekly downloads. So not a big deal. People love my show. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be on here to promote it a little bit. Yeah. I think people will dig it. We the first episode we had uh, was just us talking about our sobriety. Right. Mm hmm. Um, and then the second episode, we watched Leaving Las Vegas and talked about that movie. Yeah, we talked about like what to us felt realistic about alcoholism in it, what didn't, how Elizabeth uh, Shoe's legs are amazing. Yeah. Um, 
and then yeah after that yeah there's it's it's like loosely themed around sobriety but not really it's just yeah yeah we tell some old stories of our party days too which is fun i don't know if you've heard sydney here it's it's she's no different what <laughs> if you like you on this oh podcast, yeah if you, you if you like me on this show you'll love me i'm bored <laughs> yeah with there Zach we go Bird. there we go um so yeah that's going so on that's um, and then I guess the only other thing going on, uh, for, well, there's two things, two big things going on for me personally. Number one, <clears throat> in two weeks, uh, I'm going to Danvers, Massachusetts for the Modern Media Extravaganza where Matt Farley and his bands are going to play music for five hours. And I'm going to get to meet, um, other fans, uh, of Modern Media and other, um, I guess I would say content producers that, um, so it's exciting. I'm excited to mingle. Um, I've never been to Massachusetts and, uh, I hope it's a good time. I, I, I kind of feel like there's no way it won't be a good time, but it's weird traveling alone. I've traveled alone before, but to meet up with people I know, but now I'm kind of traveling alone to meet up with strangers. I'm super pumped about it too. Are you? <laughs> yeah. You don't care. No. You're going to be I'm in Tokyo. Yeah, I'm happy that you're going to be doing something fun while I'm doing something yeah. fun. So you're mm-hmm. not just uh, staring out the window. Sitting at home pining for uh, you? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Doing needle points of your face? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll have fun. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing going on is that... Uh, I'm applying for a job in San Francisco, which is like weird. And, uh, you know, it's a long shot, but who knows? In a couple of months, you and I might be living on a boat yeah. in the Bay. Or we'll just add to the homelessness problem there. We might add to the homelessness yeah. problem. Um, I, yeah, we're not going to do that. But yeah, we might, we'll see how it goes. But it's so weird because I, I'm not at a point in my life right now where I want to move. Uh, I wanted to like, you know, have my car paid off and, uh, you know, be out of debt, maybe have some savings. But then opportunity does not like it does not wait to uh, knock. Right. And so we'll see. You brought up a good point with me. You said, oh, you're you actually like your life and your home here and everything. And I go, yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> how I feel about moving to San Francisco, but we'll see. I am also bound by nothing here. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you have a very comfortable life, but. There's nothing holding you here. So. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. Just would, you. Just but me. if you go, then. Yeah. Yeah. So I have one. I have one sister in Brooklyn and another sister here. But we kind of. They're predominantly phone mm-hmm. conversation, uh, like relationships that I have with them anyway. Like sometimes we'll see each other for holidays, and I like to travel anyway. So I would, I assume, if I did move to San Francisco, I'd just be back here all the time. You would be back here all the time, and yeah, the thing is, like, you're rarely home, anyways. Like you're just based here. (laughs) Um, But also, Arizona's not going anywhere. You know, I moved to New York and I came back, and like it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I just, you know. You so I, I hope the job works out and you do get it. And we uh, can have a bit of an adventure. Yeah, we'll be pirates. We'll be pirates living on a boat, um, us and our tiny dog. Oh, Frank, I wonder how he's going to take to the sea. Can I put him on my shoulder like a parrot? He would love that. He Give likes being crackers. as high up as possible. And he likes crackers, I'm he sure. He does like crackers. He likes to eat them in bed with me when no one's around. 
Um, he also has a little notch out of his ear that makes him look like a pirate, and it's from he had to have a mole removed, but it makes him look tough because he's got this little like notch. I mean, that's pretty tough, you know. I feel like some pirates have some mole stories. Yeah, like know? oh, I had to get a biopsy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So if it's pup dates, should give some pup dates on Frank too. Is that how it works? Well, we can talk about how Frank's doing. Um, you said you're gonna have to get him a old old man checkup. I said get him a, a colonoscopy. <laughs> I don't. Or are you I, just gonna bring him in and be like, my dog's old. I What's like, wrong with him? Well, no, he, it's been a year since he had his last old man checkup. He is 14, and um, he has a heart murmur. Um, so, and I've been through this with another Chihuahua that. Uh, had congestive heart failure from the heart murmur. So I like to go, Frank's not on medication yet because it hasn't progressed to that state, mm-hmm. but I like to take him for a checkup so they can, you know, listen to his heart, feel what's going on because you can feel him if you hold his little chest. You can feel his squishy, irregular heartbeat. Uh-huh. Um, and what happens is uh, the heart muscle, because it, basically with the murmur, like blood's pushed one way, but it splashes back. And so the heart has to work super hard to get blood to move through it. And that muscle builds up and expands and crushes the lungs. Um, fun, uplifting yeah. uh, thing. But, but but it's a pup date. But it's a pup date. So, I'm, you know, Frank's going to go get his old man exam and um, probably a dental. Um, so, you know, get him all tuned up because uh, he's pretty spry. And so we want to keep him healthy. Uh, as we were laying in bed this morning talking about how we don't want him to die because he's the best dog and yeah. any other dog after this would be a downgrade. Yeah, it's it's almost it's kind of sad just talking about how old and and just like thinking about how he's going to die, too. I'd, I almost prefer to just like pretend that he's he's young <laughs> forever, yeah. because then if you think that he might live another seven years and then this whole time we'll be like oh he's he's gonna die <laughs> like you well, know what i mean i mean he's 14 so like probably m- like in an ideal world m- maybe five more years um but yeah he seems he's he's trucking along he's got four legs three teeth two milky eyes yeah, one I, waggly tail i mean the, just to see how fast he moves out and he jumps uh, you know, you can jump pretty well still, and I, nothing seems to be slowing him down. I think he just sleeps a lot, but that seems to be his just the way he's always been. Yeah, he's always been kind of chill like that. He lo- he loves to sleep. It's what he loves, and I so do I. Yeah. Um, Which so I've yeah. heard that that dogs get they kind of take on the behavior of their owner too. So if you just sit around and like just chill chill all day that that's what they'll do well i think you've noticed he and it's hard to say whether i like chihuahuas because i relate to them or um you know frank is that way because of me but i am like go 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 spaz out spaz out spaz out Mm -hmm. and then i'll have a depressive episode and just like not move (laughs) uh for a long time and then i feel like oh my god i gotta make up for lost time i spent so much time like you know being crippled by depression so now i gotta do all these things and then i like wear myself out again and and that's kind of how frank is where he like gets up and he spazzes around and then he's like oh man i'm crippled by depression i gotta go sleep that off for at least eight hours eight hours that would be that would be nothing for frank yeah he sleeps 
like 22 hours out of the day. I oh, like. out of the day for sure, but not all at once. No. Um, He'll take like 10 minutes off. I mean, that dog. <laughs> you love him. I feel like a lot of dogs are like that, though, that they just kind of lay around a lot. It's just well, what else? A lot of it's yeah. boredom. And I read a thing about um, domestic pets and depression and how um, just like humans get depressed if like we don't do anything. Like if you let's say you have four days off from work and you just kind of veg around your house, you're going to get depressed. Yeah. And um, or if you spend all your time either on your couch and in a cubicle, like you just go from work to couch, you will get depressed. And um, pets have the same thing because they need stimuli and challenge and adventure. So, so like, why aren't we, you know, challenging him and giving him adventures we should uh, well i we can take him to the dog park i feel like he has an adventurous life because we have my house that i live at and when we're there we go for walks around the neighborhood and then half the time we're over here at your house and it's a different environment and then you and i travel a lot and he's at his aunt sarah's house with her three dogs so he i feel like he kind of gets out and about a lot for a dog but um maybe just can integrate some more like playing with him like you know out in the backyard like i don't know does he play catch or anything or fetch whatever he likes uh yeah, i'm his father now we'll get him a baseball mitt we'll yeah. play catch he likes um playing when you put your hand under a blanket and then he thinks it's a, a yeah, monster to yeah. kill he likes that a lot he also likes walks so we don't walk him at your house because you have a nice backyard but we can always take him on walks around the neighborhood because there's new smells which is what I noticed when I've I've traveled cross country with Frank and he loved it because every stop there's different scents, there's different, you know, flora, fauna, yeah. the what have you. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's so it was like pure ecstasy every time we'd get out of the car in a new state and there's a different type of grass to roll yeah. around in. Um, he loves rolling around in the grass. Yeah, he does. Getting sun Especially on them bones. Especially my, my fake grass in my backyard. He does. Which now you're like, you have a nice backyard. I did have a nice backyard until the I got fake grass put in. And now the real grass is growing up through the fake grass. And I called the landscaping company up that did this. And mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't normal, right? And they're like, no, we'll be right out to take care of that. And, and they, they, have, they have not. And I texted them a couple of days ago to no, no answer. But now that we have this pod influence, you know, I can just cripple this company if oh, I wanted. Yeah. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to give them a chance. Yeah, we before got. Before I write a scathing Yelp review and drop their name on the pod. Um, you spent a lot of money getting your yard landscape. A fucking and lot of money. Yeah. We got a hammock. We got a big inflatable pool. We got the grill set up. Like we were it ready. Was cool for like two months. Yeah, we're ready for like a summer of fun. And um, you have this place you like to order brats from, and so like Louis Finer Meats in Wisconsin. It's they're the best brat worst you'll ever have that's all i'll say they got blueberry honey wisconsin cheddar oh my god go ahead baby i obviously don't know anything about that but zach loves these brats he orders cases of them and so i told um some of my girlfriends from the midwest like oh yeah as soon as we get the pool set up like come over we'll have a grill day you know i'll make zach cook us brats and bring us brats while we're in the pool and then the yard went haywire um But we'll get it under control. We'll have brought fast. Oh yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, so that's all of those pup dates. Uh mm-hmm. 
And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was the new R. Kelly documentary. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think about it? Okay, first of all, background. R. Kelly, the first ever enemy of the pod. This goes way back into, like, the second month I was working on the show with Shu. And um, we covered the R. Kelly sex scandal deal. And we like, fuck that guy. We hate him. And then Lifetime did a docuseries about it that came out uh, January 3rd. And Shu and I both watched it. And I think that was the last ever episode that we recorded together was um, the Surviving R. Kelly update. Um, And that was kind of groundbreaking because I think... Prior to that, there were little pieces of information out in the ether and there were some headlines, but people, you know, a lot more people watch Lifetime than listen to Simone Shea. So like when Shu and I cracked the case. Don't talk that way, baby. That's I know. True. Trust me. I don't want that to be true. But like when Shu and I cracked the case, uh, it didn't change public opinion overall. Right. But then Lifetime did this docuseries that everybody watched and it put together all of the pieces and constructed a narrative that people could go, oh, no, he is guilty. Like, for sure. Um, and so uh, Lifetime released a documentary, like, was it was like a two-hour documentary update on what has gone on, the, like, social impact of their docuseries and what's gone on with R. Kelly since its release. Um, and we watched that this morning. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's not... It's not going to be as juicy as the first thing because it's just kind of like talking about the ripple effect that it's had. And But one thing that's interesting for sure is it's given us, I feel, a new enemy of the pod, and that is Steve Greenberg, who seems like the biggest piece of fucking shit. That's R. Kelly's defense <laughs> yes. attorney, right? Oh, my fucking God. So, dude, this guy is just going like, okay, all these women, there's not one girl uh, who's accused him of this, who doesn't have some song to promote or some, like, they're trying to get money or whatever. All the shit that everybody says about any girl who accuses anyone famous. Mm-hmm. So this is what, exactly what protects famous people as you go, oh, you're just trying to get fame or money. Um, and it's, it, there's just so many reasons that, that why that's not the fucking case. First of all, he's broke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah and and not everyone who's spoken out has something they're trying to promote yeah so that's just uh, also not true but then he's saying there's there's no actual evidence and it's like okay now i definitely know you're full of shit because you we have videotapes if, we have videotapes so even if the new videotapes which he's saying don't exist all right let's say that's true mm-hmm. we've already seen this motherfucker piss on like a 15 14 however not 18 year old Mm -hmm. if she was 18 absolutely pee on her no i am not saying uh no so i I, there's already that video yeah and and so where how how do you sleep at night how does this guy take him as a client and he has that face, and I, I said it while we were watching it, where yeah. it's like, this motherfucker did a lot of day rape in college. Like, you can tell. And he's such a dick bag who just is like, there's no proof. There's no evidence. And you're like, well, actually, there is evidence that maybe as a good attorney, you would be trying to dispute. Yeah, and, and he acts like it's only these girls who are after something, but it's so many other people, people that were in his 
inner circle, people that are even kind of incriminating themselves going, yeah, I'd let this go on too long. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done it. I feel horrible. I cry all the time about those people even are, are so and his his own family. Literally, the only people defending him is this lawyer who's being paid Mm -hmm. and the two girls that he has that who knows what the situation is with them. I really don't know. I, I guess it it certainly looks like he's brainwashed them. And yeah, I just he, the thing that is um, good about all of the uh, sexual abuse scandals that have been brought to light. The um, you know f- leaving Neverland and um, the R. Kelly stuff is that we're learning that it's not cut and dry and because people just think oh like if someone abused me i would leave and it's like well by the time they abuse you you're already in too deep there's a brainwash there's a whatever and in the newer lifetime one that i would recommend people watching they do a good job of giving information about how um the national rape hotline the number one question they're asked when women call them is this is what happened was I raped? Right. Because women don't always know that they're raped. And so here it is. Something bad happens to a woman and it's bad enough that she calls the hotline. So think about all the women who aren't calling. And it's something that I think is important to note because um, people go, oh, why are they coming out now? Five, 10, 20 years later in these abuse cases. And it's like it takes that long sometimes to process it. And it makes me mad when I see people disputing victims or I hear people especially at my work at the bar being like oh I don't think he did this like I'll overhear conversations and it's I'm at work and so it's not my place to interject but I just want to be like I was violently raped like I was violently raped it was not like a casual date rape I wasn't too drunk to give consent I was violently raped and I didn't even know or wasn't able to acknowledge initially that it was rape and so Like when because this guy who was in his 20s and me and my friend were underage pushed my friend out of the apartment, locked the door, locked her outside, ripped my clothes off of me, like ripped them and raped me. And when we were driving home and my friend said, oh, my God, I can't believe you had sex with him. He's so gross. And all I could say was that wasn't exactly consensual. And. To the point where I went on a date with him afterwards because I thought in my brain it was so confusing. Like that couldn't have happened because your brain wants to make things okay. And um, and so like I went on a date with him afterwards thinking like, oh, if we just are in a relationship and date, that will make that not a bad thing. I wasn't even able to use the terminology to say what happened to me was rape until five years later and it was like even longer after that until I was able to like talk about it and discuss it like now it's been almost 20 years so I'm able to talk about it better but it's even something that like I don't talk I've never talked to my mom about because you don't want people to think of you as a victim which is what happens when something bad happens to you it changes the way people look at you and so like when people victim doubt or like be like, oh, I don't think this happens. They just want money, blah, 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 blah. And you're all like, 80 of them. All 80 of them <laughs> are telling the exact same story. And like discounting the fact that like it was 
there were so many steps along the way that were a struggle to them, not only to live right. through it, to admit to themselves, to admit to others, to talk about it, then to talk about it publicly. And one of the stats they gave in the newer R. Kelly thing that we watched this morning was that um, a lot of victims say that going through the legal process is as traumatizing as the event itself because not only do they have to go talk to doctors about it and their families, then the police, then they have to testify in court with the accuser there. And so here it was one thing that like your instinct would be like, I'm just going to pretend this never happened. I don't want to talk about it ever again. And then you have to go tell that story again and again and again on a public space. Not to mention he's already gotten away with it. Yeah. When there was video footage, so they really had no reason to come forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they, they had no reason to think that they would benefit. Because everything that they've seen is that the system this, does not have their and back. And that he gets away with murder. Yeah. So um, it's it's really hard for me to overhear people. Um, Say stupid ass shit. Stupid ass shit. And it's, uh, they talk about in the thing we watched today about how these abusers don't just groom the victims, they groom the families, which is definitely what happened with Michael Jackson. It's definitely right. what happened with R. Kelly is that they groom everyone involved. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, th- I think it is important to not just have a knee jerk reaction every time you just hear, read an article about how someone's a scumbag, just believe it immediately. But I think do your due diligence, you know, before you make an opinion. But with in this case, mm-hmm. how much more fucking evidence do you need? And when people go, oh, they're just doing this to get attention, publicity, they're trying to sell a book or whatever. Consider not what they could gain from it, but also what they have to lose for coming public right. with it, which is a lot, which is like a lot is that you are then skewered in the church of public opinion yeah. if you come forward as a victim. And, and, and so what, by the way, if they do want to write a book? Yeah. You know, this is a horribly this is. You know, it is an opportunity for them to have their story heard. And if they want to, I don't know, benefit somehow. Oh, fucking well. That doesn't that doesn't mean then that also it didn't happen. Yes. Yeah. Let them make money. God knows as a content creator, I'm always so happy when people make money. There's a couple people that I know through Instagram who are like Instagram famous. Right. And if they do sponsored content, like a running company gives them a pair of shoes and they get paid to post like here's my great new shoes. I I love that I'm now running or something. Yeah. People will lash out at them and they're like, dude, I get it. Like you don't want to be like advertised to, but also can I please make some money? Right. And for me, I'm always happy when someone makes money. Like please get paid because life is hard and expensive and the, you know, income to cost of living has like the hugest disparity in American history. So like, yeah, if someone went through something terribly traumatic and they're doing something that helps other victims and maybe they make a little money for their effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Work 60 hours a week and then also write a book for free in your free time. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, So I don't even know how much of what he said is true. It seemed like, um, what's her name? Sparkle might have some angle. She might be playing. Okay. But the other girls, I I don't, yeah, I just, there's too many of them. I'm sure not all of them mm -hmm. are, but that was the thing. They were trying to be 
um, musicians and stuff. Anyway, that's how they knew R. Kelly, yeah. right? He was supposed to be helping them get away. And we saw how many careers he broke, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Him and Ryan Adams both, right? <laughs> they're yeah, just they churning just really out all these girls They're out. really good scouts. Um, um, so, yeah, it, uh, there were a lot of, there was a lot of footage with Steve Greenberg who, that, that was my main point, was just this guy's a piece of shit. And the girl, uh, the woman, I forget her name, she's, She's uh, she's famous. I remember she interviewed Charlie Sheen when he came out. About, Gail King, not Gail King, blonde woman. Blonde woman. Remember, because he was Stephen Greenberg was saying all these horrible things about how he doesn't believe any of the women. And the blonde woman was going like uh, she was interviewing him. She goes, "You know that there's going to be like a lot of women who are like, oh, I hate this guy, right?" And he's like, "That's fine, you know." Uh, he was basically just saying yeah i don't care like i don't believe these women they're all just out to profit off of this and uh yeah i just sort of said okay so there's no evidence all right what about the the videotape of and he would have just danced around that in his lawyery way of saying mm-hmm. like well he's already been cleared of that blah 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 it's, yeah because he could say in a lawyer way he's been cleared of that that's actually not admissible in court right. in this case so i'm not going to address it now because i'm addressing the current like present right. allegations um but yeah he's a fucking dickwad um and what makes matters worse is it michael avenatti i i hope i'm pronouncing the his. initial prosecutor yeah is having all sorts of legal troubles now he's being um he's under investigation for fraud i don't know the full thing but i think he was trying to sue nike or something um and he also had a domestic uh violence charge last year so that isn't good we need we need someone who's like maybe squeaky clean it shouldn't be hard to find a lawyer who's like yeah dude who has a better reputation that could yeah. step forward and def- um, as a prosecuting attorney, but and hopefully get some better jurors in the case because the last juror, um, the last j- trial, the jury, a lot of the jurors said they didn't like the women or believe them because they didn't like the way they looked or dressed, and there was a lot of veiled thinly veiled racism involved in that, yeah. being like these young black women came to testify, and I don't, I just don't believe them. I don't like the way they look. And was it just that one dude or was it apparently like, other jurors said okay. the same but the one they featured was this old german guy <laughs> right. and i was like oh my god get out of here you fucking war criminal yeah um <laughs> so yeah I, I think it's if you haven't yet seen surviving r kelly um definitely watch it if you have watched the new lifetime update documentary i think it's important to watch these things to understand the dynamics of how um abuse actually looks and plays out and it will give you I think empathy for people in your life who are going through things and and understanding yourself if you are going through something like that I think I've said before on this show um, that I didn't know that I was in an abusive relationship until I watched an HBO documentary about domestic abuse and I just like I hadn't I had no because, you know, I was dealing with the micro moments of the relationship and just getting through like one war at a time and one uh-huh. ba- and I and then I watched this documentary and go, oh, my God, I'm those women. I had yeah. n- I, I just had no idea. And so I think, um, you know, it's it's just important to hear other people's stories and lives because um, it 
you can grow a lot as a person when you understand right. other people um and i guess deepen your empathy uh so yeah it's it's good if you haven't seen it i don't know what you're doing with your life mm-hmm. uh no i i mean i'm sure you're aware of it maybe you just don't care it's old news to you or whatever but um yeah to me it's it is I have to admit, it's also entertaining to me. Well, yeah, of course, because number one, uh, one of the uh, women who still lives with him, Azriel Clary, um, whose parents are working hard to rescue her, uh, her sister Isis was in Surviving R. Kelly, and she's my hero. Because when her sister said, all right, well, you know, we call Robert daddy, um, Isis was like, he ain't my daddy. My daddy's in Florida. And I just like, I love her. She's my favorite. I can't believe that there aren't memes of her on the internet because I just, I adored her. She was my everything. Um, and and my favorite line of hers is when she goes, I go in, I see buckets in the corner. I'm thinking, how are you going to go from peeing in the toilet? Peeing in a bucket. I mean, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're making some really good valid points. Yeah, uh, I, I just want Isis Clary to be, I don't know, I want her to have a talk show or I want her to do like self-help seminars. I really want her to do something in the public eye that helps people because she helped she helped me she, yeah. and she brought me a lot of joy um i also really enjoy their parents yeah um because their parents are very attractive <laughs> and uh zach got upset because all i, I get keep, upset all i keep saying is like why are you gonna run or run away to call our kelly daddy when you got this fine daddy at home um well because you said something like that before you're like oh when we were watching an episode of intervention too and you're like why are you running away when you have such a fine daddy at home i go you act as if oh why are you acting out when you have this hot dad at home to like fuck i don't know i didn't know what you meant i mean partially it was a joke but also like if you have because they say women um you know will kind of be promiscuous or hook up with like bad older men if they didn't have a, a strong father figure in their life they call it father hunger and my parents always were like on me as a little kid being like do you have father hunger do you have father hunger and i'm like well i'd, I'd be like no i'm fine i have two dads you know and it's like yeah one of them who i don't see and the other one who's a bipolar alcoholic pedophile so like uh never molested me so i'll preface that thank god um but uh so yeah they say like you know women who run off like that it's because they have father hunger and i'm thinking like dude your your dad is like the i don't know if he's the best but like you have this strong handsome man figure in your life why are you thirsting for a man because you because okay traditionally let me get what you mean but like traditionally yeah you have your father and he raises you and he's the man in your life until like he gives you away to someone. I know this is old fashioned, but like your father gives you away to like the new man in your life, right. like your husband. That's like the, you know, old school history of way of doing things. And so I'm like, why are you in such a hurry to run off and find like some daddy when you like got a daddy? At yeah, home? And he's hot, too. That, right. And he's hot. You got a fine ass daddy. You stay at home until you find a daddy that's better than your daddy. So what else is great? I get you. Um, what I sound like an idiot. No, no, you don't. It's it. 
it was just funny. It was just funny. And I noticed that that's twice when you're like, you got this hot dad at home. And I go, yeah, but what's the hot hotness have to do with it? I'm just saying, like, my friend Sarah has, like, the best dad. Like, I love her dad so much. And she loves her dad so much. Um, if I had a, If I had her dad... I would have stayed at home till I was 22. I would have like kept my virginity till I was like 20 because I wouldn't have had like a thirst for a male figure in my life because I'd be like, I, it's something you can measure other men up against. Like, okay, my dad is like the best man I know. So I'm not even going to trifle with any fools until I meet a man who's like on par with my father. I will not trifle with any fools. I will not be trifling with any fools because like I have an example at home of what a good man is. So another unfortunate thing is that, so these two girls, they, they touched on it a little bit. Um, So Azriel Clary and Joycelyn Savage, Mm They there, there was an interview with them. I thought they came off really bad. I get it because they're brainwashed or whatever's going on. But yeah, that Hazriel really came off. Do you remember how much of a brat she was? Yeah, being it was. That? She was being overly defensive and like, you guys are just so stupid. If you think that he's abusing us, you're idiots yeah. and like whatever. But like, I used to be the same way. If yeah. anyone said anything bad about my abusive partner, I'd be like, I, like they'd be dead to me. Like, how dare you speak ill of this person who treats me right. like shit? Right. <laughs> like. Because because when you're here's the thing about abusers is like they find they are lovable and they have enough positive qualities that you can use them to justify the abuse. And so to her, it's like, you know, Robert has revealed, you know, he's illiterate and (laughs) that's a lovable quality. And but it but what it does is it makes him sympathetic. So he's pitched himself to them they believe he's a sympathetic character he's illiterate he's a tragic genius he had a bad upbringing he was abused the public's all against him so they see him as a victim and so then they are aggressively defending him um because to them they're like yeah he has these shortcomings or whatever but like there's a reason for them and we should feel sympathy for him rather than attack him um and so yeah. Oh. So, yeah, it sucks. I had to kind of just remind myself when watching that interview with them being the way they were that just like, look, they're young and they don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Clearly. Yeah, they they were basically raised by him. And he also got a hold Gail of them King when they were pointed 15. out he's out in the hallway, mm-hmm. like coughing just to remind them like that's how crazy it is. But um. I'm glued to it, and what's great about it is that it's still ongoing. This Mm -hmm. isn't, you're not watching a documentary of something that's past and has an ending. You're watching a documentary of something that's ongoing, and and it's because of the documentary that's got, so if things don't work out this time, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, that, that, that would just be crazy, but I feel like those jurors, would pro- their life would be hell afterwards. I feel like people would, would be like, what so. the fuck were you thinking? Mm-hmm. But they got to get their shit in order. They got to get a good prosecuting attorney to replace this Avenatti guy who, what, my first impression of him was like, oh, okay, this guy means business. Uh, he's seen, he's like, you know, 
Yeah. He seemed like the man for the job, but uh, no, you got to get rid of him because they're just going to tear him down for sure. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it works out and hopefully it's swift. Uh, I didn't even know he was out of jail. So I guess, yeah, somebody had posted bail for him. So. Yeah, someone posted his bond. Um, hopefully they got a tight leash on him because. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's not. Where's he going to run that people aren't going to recognize him? That's true. That's what we learned with Lou Perlman <laughs> yeah. is like he tried to flee the country, but like he's an easily recognizable figure. But also, I mean, he could still, maybe he's still in the country, but he could still be up to a lot of his old shenanigans. It seems like he's probably just got Joycelyn and Azrael maybe, but he's probably yeah, who still knows? up to I some dirtbag shit. I, yeah, and I don't know if he has the staff or infrastructure anymore to do the recruiting the way he was before. Yeah. Um, But then they said he like... So basically, you know, it ruined his career. The mute R. Kelly movement got him off the airwaves. But then shortly thereafter, stations started playing him again. And then he played some club dates where people paid $100 a ticket. And he was on stage for 28 seconds. He sang one line from a song. Yeah. Which, okay, if you guys want to pay $100 for nothing... My name is Sydney DeLorean. <laughs> uh, I have Venmo, PayPal, and Square Cash. And like, I'll sing for more than 28 seconds for $100. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, um, you got, uh, like, if you want to throw your money away, I'll take it. You there don't you have mean. to give it to R. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's, I guess, it for our pup dates. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Uh, Bored and Sober podcast on spotify or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts all the podcatcher of your choice it's not all of them and um follow uh board and sober podcast on instagram yeah sydney's gonna be running it better than i am soon yeah if you can't get enough of me just follow that too yeah all right well bye guys happy monday <laughs>